What is up, people? This is Variety Bites. I am Sean Williams. I am back. And I know I've been away for a while. And I even wrote this on my Facebook group, but I'm going to say it right now because I feel like when spoken, it's it tends to mean more. So, straight to the point here is that, and believe me, when I say this, I'm not saying this out of a feeling of shame or to make it seem like I'm broken or somehow hindered in some kind of way. I work two jobs in my real life. And I also, I've dealt, and this is something I've battled for years, anxiety and depression. And oftentimes, stress basically is the equivalent of throwing gasoline on a fire. And sometimes that can get the better of me and can overwhelm me a lot. And sometimes when certain things, like big changes, take place in my life, it kind of amplifies that. And tends to affect certain things in my life, like being able to do this show regularly and setting a schedule for it, like, as... As I would like to. So I felt that I should take this moment to be upfront about why I haven't done the the show on a regular basis as much as I would like to, and rather go into those kind of details on it. Basically, I'm just giving a reason for why the delay with getting a new episode up in the air. But, again, I'm not saying this as a way of, like, I'm some, some broken, broken down human being or something like that, or that this, that it cripples me to, to deal with this. But it's some, but the bottom line is that it's something that, that, yeah, I face I faced then and faced now. And as I've said, by no means is this something that has broken me. But even though when I get knocked down by anxiety and depression, I rise up stronger. Because I real, because the difference now as opposed to back then is now realization and this is what I say to anybody who deals with this also is that realizing the strong points you have in your life such as family people, friends, people that care about you and that you care about them having that foundation makes all the difference in the world Talking with somebody about that helps also. 
And as I've come to realize, video games can actually be very therapeutic. And, gotta say, best thing I could have done last week for Halloween, more on that later, was go to Dave and & Buster's and play the Halo Arcade game, which I had never played until last week, but... Oh man, that's a hell of an adrenaline rush when you're playing that game, but... It may, and as cliche as this may sound to anybody that deals with this, you are not alone. That there, You do have people that care about you and that have your back no matter what. And I promise this whole episode is not going to be as, all serious like it is right now. But this is coming from somebody who at 37 years old Born and raised Southern California. That as rough as things may have gotten in my battle with anxiety and depression, I'm still standing and I'm still here. And the fact that any, and for anybody who's dealing with this that listens to this show, anything is that you can overcome anything, including this. That even if you wear depression and or anxiety in your life, it doesn't wear you. It doesn't own you. So the best thing I could say in closing on this segment, in this little piece that I'm writing, is have strength, have faith, and that... Because those things and caring for loved ones can make it makes all the difference in the world. So I will be getting back to doing this more regularly and and giving you guys the show that you deserve for both this and on the attack. Alright, that being said, all the seriousness out of the way. Let's actually let me actually take a quick breather. We'll be right back after this. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Brian H. Waters, host of The Wrestling Room. And you are getting the raw, unfiltered opinion of Sean Williams. Now, back to Variety Bites. All right. Shout out to my good friend, Brian H. Waters. And when I talk about people that, that mean the most to me, He's definitely, he's been a very good friend of mine. Make sure you check out The Wrestling Realm and, of course, his show Break It Down with Brian H. And he even reminded me with with doing the podcast, just relax and have fun with it. And really, that's true to life is have fun because otherwise, if if you're not having fun, what's the point? All right, that being said, so a lot's taken place since the last time I talked with you guys. So, Iron Fist did get canceled on Netflix, but just a week after Iron Fist was canceled, Luke Cage was also canceled. Now, there's been a lot of speculation as to why these shows got canceled. I mean, one is that they is that Netflix is probably doing a cleaning house, and Disney is getting ready to do their own streaming for the Marvel stuff, so don't be surprised if that gets picked up. And also, the other speculation is that social media following for both shows had plummeted this year. 
this time around. And, you know, it's a shame because both shows I felt were actually better in their second season than they were in their first. And, I mean, especially Iron Fist, which, let's face it, it was not exactly my favorite. And Luke Cage had gotten better as well. But, you know, I always felt that, especially for Luke Cage, I liked him better when he was on Jessica Jones and kind of had more of a supporting cast around him. And as far as Iron Fist, I never thought he was a big enough character to have his own series. And, of course, I mean, speaking of the Marvel shows on Netflix, ended up watching completing season three of Daredevil, which was fantastic. It also reminded me why uh, Daredevil is probably my favorite of the Marvel shows on Netflix. I mean, Charlie Cox does just a tremendous job as Matt Murdock. And yeah, you, you don't actually see him in the Daredevil costume this season. And I think it kind of works because you see that it's not the suit that makes Daredevil. It's the man who who wears it. In this case, Matt Murdock. And Vincent D'Onofrio just takes the kingpin to a whole new level to where you actually see how you actually see why the kingpin is such a deadly villain. And he proves just that. And, of course, it did introduce Bullseye, even though we don't see the costume. But the actor playing him, who was also uh, Wade on Heart of Dixie, for those that watched that show, he really does a great job. And it definitely is miles away from, all all due respect to Colin Farrell, it's miles apart from his rendition of Bullseye in the Daredevil movie. One reason that I want to see a fourth season of Daredevil is so we can see the bullseye costume. And and for those that are wondering about Jessica Jones and the Punisher, Punisher has already gotten a season two renewal, and Jessica Jones already got a season three renewal. So those those two are safe for now. Daredevil, don't know at this point. But we'll see what happens. Elsewhere, I did see the new Halloween movie on Halloween, keeping up with that tradition of seeing a scary movie in movie theaters on Halloween. And I gotta say, I was very impressed with it. It was definitely the best sequel that that franchise has had. Although, you know, I love the original one. second one was okay. I'm actually one of the few that liked Part 4 and 5. And also the H2O movie that they made. But still have refused to see the third one. Didn't like part six. Aptly named The Curse of Michael Myers. Resurrection, please don't get me started on that. All I'm just going to say is Busta Rhymes versus Michael Myers. That should say alone how bad it is. And the Rob Zombie ones, while the first one was alright, the second one they made was just brutal. But, I mean, 
just the way that Jamie Lee Curtis per- portrayed Laurie Strode in this movie was exceptional. And just everything else about the movie, I mean, it was like it had suspense, it had the, the thrills in that movie, and it was very well done. Of course, I got to see the trailer for Happy Death Day 2, which I actually finally got around to watch in the first movie. It wasn't bad. And just kind of a twisted slasher version version of Groundhog Day, but some other twists in it, but it was, I thought it was enjoyable, I thought, and I'm looking forward to seeing this new one. And in sports right now, I mean, the Lakers at the moment are 4-5 and five with ever since they got LeBron. And, you know, even though they have lost five games, they're not exactly looking terrible doing it. I mean, anyone that's getting impatient and anyone who is saying, oh, we want results now, first off, unfortunately, asking Laker fans for patience that's that's a stretch. But let's not forget that you're trying to get let this I mean this overhauled version of the Lakers of this Lakers team letting the chemistry set and let them work as a unit. And right now we're I mean we're still trying to piece everything together. And plus, let's not forget the the Houston game. We had Rondo and Ingram get suspended. All because of that punk Chris Paul. Which, you know, I used to be pissed that the Lakers never got him now. I'm glad we never got him, and frankly, I don't want him in L.A. But, you know, but the other thing is, you know, speaking of Chris Paul, you want to talk about two teams last year who looked looked like they were on the rise and now don't look that like that anymore. Houston and the 76ers are both teams that look like somebody took their foot off the gas. But, you know, give it time. The Lakers are doing good. LeBron is being LeBron. And we they already look like a better Lakers team than we've seen the last two two years, maybe even more. But we will have our results, Laker fans. And this is a better Lakers team that's on the rise. So breathe, relax, and just let, just ride the storm. Because they will, they will be better. And I still stand by what I said that I think bare minimum, we definitely make playoffs with LeBron. And speaking of other stuff in basketball or in foot or sports in general... Um, it seemed like a cleaning house in Cleveland because the Browns fired their coach and the offensive coordinator. Word is there was a bit of a power struggle between the two. And also, the Cavs fired Tyron Lue. And supposedly, they wanted him to make a change in rotation, but they didn't want that, or he didn't do it. So, they, they fired him. And they were also 0-6. Well, I get that if you don't follow orders from the from the high ups, 
that can always be bad for you and you kind of have it coming. However, I've never been a fan of firing a coach early in the season. And I think I've always held a grudge with that ever since ever since Dell Harris got fired mid-season when he was coaching the Lakers. And while the Lakers were struggling at that time, it wasn't his fault. But I just never understood why fire, how firing a coach mid-season or early in the season really benefits. I just don't. I mean, then you got then you have the next guy who's the interim coach that's supposed to prove he can do better. But how do you expect him to do that? How can you expect the guy to get results like that? I just don't think it'll happen. And, of course, unfortunately, the Red Sox won the World Series and beat the Dodgers. Ended up winning the Series 4-1. to one. You know, in all honesty, with how the, how the Dodgers lost in Game 4, they, they looked deflated. I mean, they had them on the, they had the Red Sox on the ropes. They actually had them. It was four games to none. Hill pitched a great game. Then all of a sudden, the last couple innings, they just fall apart. And it ends up 9-6. to six And people underestimate how much mental, the mental factor, can just destroy or just really bring somebody down. In, especially in sports. Look at the Cavs last year against Golden State in the finals. And on the, after the way they lost, it wasn't the fact that they lost game one, it was how they lost game one. When they lost in game one, they just never recovered from that. And I think for the Dodgers, after how they lost in game four, they never, they just were deflated and couldn't bounce back from that. And Kershaw is sticking around with the Dodgers. Looks like he could possibly end up, could possibly end up um, finishing his career with LA. So all in favor of that. So we'll, so we'll see what happens with the Dodgers in the off season. Hopefully they make more moves and strengthen their bullpen a bit because they. There's still some pieces that are missing. And as far as some people that think that Roberts will probably get the get the blame for it, he's taken this team to back-to-back World Series. I think that give that gives him the benefit of the doubt. And of course, um, with the superhero news, there have been pictures that have come out of Ruby Rose dressed as Batwoman for the upcoming Arrowverse crossover. I gotta say, look-wise, she's got it down cold. It's just a matter of, can she play the character well? And I haven't seen her in enough stuff to really give a good judgment on her acting ability. And I gotta say, for the shows that have premiered, of the, for the DC shows... Supergirl's getting a little political. I mean, instead of, I mean, instead of, 
it's kind of given its own take on the immigration issue, except it's focusing on real aliens on that series. I get the message they're sending, but for somebody that's kind of gotten to the where politics or talking of politics makes me a little, kind of makes my stomach turn, the topic itself makes me a little uncomfortable. And as far as their take on Agent Liberty and kind of making him a villain in this one, I'm not convinced he's the big evil in this season. I'm just not. And I feel like they're not focusing near enough on what we saw at the end of last season, which is somehow there's another Supergirl, and that now the Russians are training her and making a weapon out of her. Why aren't we seeing more focus on that? I feel like they're kind of... I feel like they're kind of missing the boat on this one. As far as Legends of Tomorrow goes, um, Constantine is definitely a welcome addition. And Matt Ryan still just knows how to knock it out of the park as John Constantine. So two episodes in, I'm enjoying it. And having Tom Wilson playing, uh, playing Nate's father uh, this season... I know a lot of people remember him as Biff Tannen from the Back to the Future trilogy. I'm always going to remember that guy partially for the Wing Commander video games as Maniac. And Flash, you know, I got I got to say one I mean kind of a uh, kind of shaky. Not sure how I feel about the Cicada villain in this one. But I do know that I like Jessica Parker Kennedy as Nora West Allen. And, I mean, I loved her in The Secret Circle. And I'm still, I'm still waiting to see what happens with this, with this season. I mean, at the very least, I'm hoping it, that it at least turns out better than Season 4 did. I just really didn't like The Thinker and that whole thing, but... Still some good came out of it. And then there's Arrow. I swear, three episodes in, given. I just go by clips that I see on YouTube or reading the recaps, because frankly, I can't stomach that show this season. I mean, why don't you just call it the Felicity Smoke Show and get it over with? I mean, you had, you had The Flash in jail last season. Now you have Oliver Queen in jail. And on Riverdale, you have Archie in jail. Enough already. And I've never I've just never seen a good cast on a show just wasted like they are. And it definitely feels like they're doing just that. And three episodes and nobody has suited up in costume. It's like this show is fighting so hard to try and not be a superhero show. I mean, it's basically the Diet Coke equivalent of the DC shows. And if this show, or if Arrow ends up being the last season of it, I don't think I'll be shedding many tears over it. In fact, the only episode I'm looking forward to with Arrow would be the crossover episode, and that's it. Because the fact is, is that you're keeping Oliver Queen in jail, 
you're making the whole premise of it center on Felicity Smoke. And you're so lazy with this show, you couldn't, that you couldn't even, you couldn't even get a new villain. You just recycled the last one from season six. I never thought I'd see the day where they get a new writer and she makes the show actually worse. And finally, with the new shows, um, I have been watching Legacies. And I gotta tell you, I'm impressed. And I know at first I was hesitant because the character of Caroline Forbes, who you thought would be a focal, a focal character in this show, would be in it, but she's not. But at the same time, I think maybe it's for the best that she's not. Because this is not, while it's centered in the same universe as the Vampire Diaries and the originals, you don't need it to be a continuation of sorts. This is all about telling a new chapter. And a passing of the torch, in a way. I mean, you. this is about the daughter of Klaus Michelson. And of course, the twin daughters of that of Alaric, of Alaric Saltzman, and I guess since she did give birth to him, Caroline Forbes, the last two witches, also mind you, of the Gemini Coven. So, this is their story to tell. So, for anyone that's thinking, oh, will we see see an appearance of Elena, Elena or Damon, just stop. While it's, a while it's still centered in that universe, you don't need it. This is about beginning a new story, a new chapter in that universe. Let it be. And also, I gotta say, for Dan Danielle Rose Russell, she's reminding me why she was, she was a good choice to play the older, the older Hope Michelson. And I'm looking forward to seeing what else that show brings. Alright, so that's going to do it for tonight. I want to thank you guys for listening. And we'll be back next week. Next week, And I'll have more stuff for you by then. Till next time, this has been Variety Bites. I am Sean Williams, and I am out of here. I'm a survivor. I'm a fight for my life. Stronger.